Welcome to episode two of After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Since I've talked a lot about the NBA and a little bit about the NFL, I did it today. I'm going to switch things up and talk a little bit about the MLB and NHL and some of the trades in the NHL and the Manny Machado deal, the 10-year, $300 million deal with the Padres. I'm going to start out with the um, Manny Machado deal. So Machado signed a 10-year deal worth $300 million deal dollars with the San Diego Padres and it's one of the biggest deals in the history of baseball. Um he can opt out after his fifth year and here are my thoughts on it. Uh first of all I don't really think it's very good for the MLB that Manny Machado, one of the biggest free agents this offseason with um, Bryce Harper, signed with the Padres because the Padres have never been relevant. If you're a Padres fan, I'm, I'm sorry, you've never been relevant. I believe they made it to one World Series back in the 70s or something like that, but they have never been relevant. I think to have a big time um, name and free agent like Machado go to the Padres, like it might help the Padres. I still don't think they're a playoff caliber team. And obviously in baseball, we see like a few teams come out of nowhere. Maybe the Padres can do that. But Machado is kind of like a lazy guy. He's not really like a leader. He's not going to be a leader and bring this team up to its feet and into the playoffs. Um, I find their division very interesting. I'm not sure. I think the Dodgers are have the odds of winning that division. But I don't think one player, especially a guy like Machado, who's not a leader, he's kind of lazy. Um, overall, he's a good player. But I just don't see it. You know, obviously he went there for the money. He's kind of a lazy guy and he can play, you know, like the Orioles. A place that isn't really like winning, like not like a winning franchise, kind of like a Manny Machado fits into a place that's not like, come on guys, work hard, we're winning, we can win this year. Kind of a laid back place like the Padres that aren't really going to do that good. A perfect place, a place that's going to pay him and he can kind of be his lazy self. That's a perfect place. So it's a perfect place for Machado, I guess. But for the league, I just don't think uh, Machado signing with the Padres is that great. Um, There are talks that they're still interested in Harper, but Harper's, if you look at Harper, Harper's saying, all right, I'm better than Machado. So I'm worth more than 30 mil a year. Um, I think Machado will probably opt out after his fifth year and decide, you know what, I want to go try to win. You know, realize, all right, you know, this isn't really working out here. Maybe he won't. Who knows? I can't really predict five years uh, in the future. But um, I really uh, think it's not that great. They Padres still said they're interested in Bryce Harper, but I don't think they're going to get him. I really hope they don't because if your two biggest free agents go to San Diego, I don't think that's very good for the league. Um, Personally, I think Harper is going to go to Philadelphia with the Phillies. I think that's the uh, front runner to get Harper. I don't think he'll go back to the Nationals. Um, Personally, yeah, I think he's going to sign with the Phillies again. He might not. There are other teams interested. I doubt he goes to the Padres, though. I doubt he goes to the Padres. I think Manny Machado signing obviously makes him better, but not a playoff um, caliber team. But Bryce Harper, i say the front runner right now is the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, also, just staying on the baseball topic, they've talked about, and I believe it's spring training, they're going to test out the um, 
the um, 20, uh, 22nd pitch count clock, which I think would be great for the league because these baseball games need to speed up. They're, the pace of the game is so slow that you're getting less and less fans because they say it takes too long. And I kind of agree that these games are taking too long. The you know 20-second pitch clock would be great. I think it's going to work out. I think it's going to make these games a little shorter. I think you're going to get a few fans back. They're like, all right, these games aren't as long. But still, a lot of the fans are still going to be complaining that it's too long, even with the pitch clock. But the pitch clock's a good start. I think you've got to apply it. I think it's going to work in spring training. I think it's going to be in place this year in the regular season, the playoffs. We're going to see the pitch clock. I think also the reviews in baseball, when we see the um, – the umpires reviewing the plays takes way too long. I think that it, you know, it happens like a few times a game, and they're just standing there like 15 minutes, like, is this out or not? Like, speed it up. I, I don't know what the average of a game was, but it's way too long, and they need to shorten the game so they can gain fans back. Baseball is losing fans at a rapid pace, and most of the fans are older older people. The younger audience doesn't really watch baseball anymore because it's old and super slow pace. So if you can speed it up a little, you might gain a little popularity, and it'll interest people a little more again. And I think that's crucial for them to at least start this year with the pitch clock. I think it's going to work very well. And I think it'll be a um, great direction um, for baseball to try to speed up the game. That's, I think that's arguably their number one problem right now is they need to speed up the game. Um, I think, like, the World Series – I don't know. Uh, it was something, like – there was some, like, minor football event. I don't know if it was with the AAF. That's the new league, um, right? It's called – and then there's the NFL. There's some, like, minor event or game. I'm thinking it might have been the first AAF game, but I'm not sure. It had more views than, like, the World Series or something. It was something crazy like that. I don't have the exact fact, but that baseball is just losing popularity every single year, and the younger audience isn't watching, and I think it's crucial for them to speed up the game, and that's a good start, but they need to do something fast, and it has to start the pitch clock this year right now Let's go. And if it can speed up the game 15 minutes, like I'd say that's because, again, you know, these pitchers tend to take, all right, each, there's almost 200, 200 pitches in a baseball game. They take about 30 seconds, seems like it at least. So you do the math, it maybe not 15 minutes, but somewhere around there. And that speeds up the game a little. Uh, and I think even that much of a change, 15, 20 minutes, is a good, great start for baseball. So I'm interested to see what they do with that. But again, I my take on the whole Manny Machado thing, not a good thing for baseball because a big time free agent going to such an irrelevant place like the Padres. Obviously, the, the Padres are a franchise. They're trying to get, make their way up to a um, World Series. So, But again, I think Machado... It's a good place for him because he's getting paid and he gets to kind of be lazy because they're not really a winning franchise, nor will they be this year, I think. They'll probably be middle of the pack, but no playoff team. All right, now I'm going to switch over to the NHL with the trade deadline coming up Monday. There have been a few trades. Obviously, the Blockbuster one, the Matt Duchesne trade between the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Ottawa Senators. And then we had 
we've had a few days ago, the Ryan Donato trade, me being a Bruins fan. We're going to go over both those trades. So first, I'm going to kick it off with the Matt Duchesne trade. So the Blue Jackets received Matt Duchesne and defenseman Julius Bergman, and the Senators received Columbus's first-round pick, which is top three protected, another 2020 first-round pick if Duchesne resigns. Yeah, if Duchesne resigns with the Blue Jackets, and then they also receive two forwards, Vitaly Abramov and Jonah Joe. Johan Davidson. I have no clue who those two players are, but the conditions with these two first-round picks are kind of confusing, but I simplified them. All right, so my take on this trade was at first, I was like, whoa. I thought the Blue Jackets were selling, okay? I know they're third in their division right now, uh, tied for third with 71 points, but you look at their team. 71 points, they're tied with the Penguins for third, and then in fifth place is the Hurricanes with 70 points. And I thought the Blue Jackets were possibly going to be sellers this trade deadline, but um, they went out and got Duchesne, so clearly they are trying to, they're buyers, not sellers, uh, this trade deadline. I don't know if they're going to make another move, but they get Matt Duchesne, who is a um, very good center. Um he was with the Senators, obviously, and he sat, actually, the night before he got traded, they sat him, Matt Stone, and um, I think Zaboral, I believe. They sat those three um, guys. Obviously, they're all on the trade market, and they already moved to Shane. Stone has been trade talks for a lot of people for probably like a first-round pick, and then Zaboral. So they're probably all three going to get traded. There's no doubt the Senators were are a rebuilding team right now. They're last in their um, division, uh, 49 points. They are no doubt um, rebuilding. They were, con- you know, they were always in the playoffs a few years ago, but these past two years they've been rebuilding. Um, but with the Blue Jackets, I'd say they won this trade. At first I was like, mm, looked at it, I was like, I think the Senators might have won this trade. But then I looked at it, I was like, the Blue Jackets get Duchesne. But the... Senators get two conditional picks, which could possibly turn into one. I believe the 2020 pick is if Duchesne doesn't resign with the Blue Jackets, the Blue Jackets get that pick. And right now, that Blue Jackets pick is going to be a mid to late first rounder. The 2019 one. The 2020 one, the Senators might not even get. So the Senators, I think, could have got much more for Duchesne, um, especially considering the conditions on the picks. I think if there were no conditions, like, all right, you get our 2019-2020 pick. These two forwards, you give us Berg... You give us... What's his name? Um, Bergman. The only one that I've heard is Duchesne. All right? I'm, I watch some hockey, but hockey isn't my strong suit, but I know enough about it to talk about it, but I have no clue who Julius Bergman and I have no clue who Abramov or Davidson is. No clue. Okay, I'm not a hockey buff, but I know enough to talk about it, at least here and there. Um, Matt Duchesne, his stats this season, he's played 51 games, he has 27 goals, 31 assists, so that's 51 games, 58 points. And only a negative two plus minus on the one of the worst teams in hockey. He only has a negative two plus minus. He's a lefty, plays center, 5'11", 195, so he's not huge. But um, 
he averages 19, just over 19 minutes a game. Um, yeah, he's not really someone who's going to get any penalties, only six penalty minutes on the season. But overall, a guy who is a very good player, um, he can score and pass. Um, he's not going to get a ton of penalty minutes, can take about 19 to 20 minutes of ice time. Um, yeah, first a first-line guy, I'd say. I think, again, I think the Blue Jackets won this trade because I thought they would be sellers coming to this trade in line. But now that I look at it, all right, you're tied for third in your division. This Duchesne trade's probably going to lock up a top-three spot in your division. I think. It, it, it at least should. You look at their division, the Islanders are in first place with 77 points. The Capitals are in second with 75. You and the Penguins are tied with 71 points, and the Hurricanes are at 70. The Penguins are a good team. The Capitals are the defending champs. And the Islanders, I'd say, I'd say the Blue Jackets, Capitals, Islanders, Penguins, top four teams in their division. Those will be the top four teams to go to the playoffs right now. The Hurricanes will just miss out. Uh, maybe better luck next year. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10, but uh, they have a pretty young team anyway. But the Flyers um, aren't. They, it kind of stops at the Hurricanes. I'd say there's five teams in the Metropolitan Division contending for the playoffs. The Flyers, the Rangers, Devils, no, they're all selling. Uh, I'd say the Devils are just rebuilding, but the Rangers are trying to sell some of their players. Um, the Flyers, the big name Wayne Simmons is on the block. Um, I don't know how much they're going to want for him, but the Matthew Shane trade, I'd say the Blue Jackets won. I don't think they gave up a ton especially considering those conditions on the first-round picks. I think the Senators could have got more. Um, the Senators are going to have to move Zaboral and um, Stone this trade deadline. Um, they're no doubt trying to sell some of their top players for picks, and they start with Duchesne, but that's not a great trade. I think if you take the conditions off, especially the 2020 pick, this trade's better. Okay, and considering Duchesne's somewhat of a rental, uh, I think, you know, if you at least take the, if you just make it like a 2019 top three protected in the 2020 pick, you possibly might not get that 2020 pick if Duchesne doesn't re-sign. So the conditions were a little harsh for the Senators, but overall I say the Blue Jackets win. I think this locks up a playoff spot for the uh, Blue Jackets because Duchesne is a great player, as I said. All right, now we're going to go over to the Bruins wild trade. So the Bruins gave up a um, Ryan Donato and a fifth-round pick for um, – yeah, they gave up – because I'm pretty sure there was a condition on the trade here with the pick that they gave up. So they gave up Ryan Donato and a um, – yeah, they gave up Ryan Donato in a fifth, but what I've been hearing is that the fifth could be a fourth-round pick if, like, the Bruins make the second round. I think it was that, because someone's been talking about uh, condition. There was a condition on the pick where if the Bruins made the second round, I believe it was, that that pick became a fourth-rounder, which obviously makes it a little more valuable, and the Bruins get um, Charlie Coyle. Personally, um... When I look at this trade, um, you, know, you look at the Wild right now. They're not in the playoff hunt. They have um, 64 points. Uh, 
you know, they're brink playoff team, but I don't think they'll make it. They're three, five, and two in their last ten games. They're fifth in their division, so they're right behind the stars for a wild card spot. So they're in the wild card hunt, but I don't think they'll make it. Um, for the Bruins, it obviously shows they want to try to move a little bit of their young assets for um, to help them win now a little. The Bruins this season have had a first line that has been a powerhouse. They've had a good second line, and their fourth line's been solid. But their third line has been horrible. So that's why I like this trade, because Charlie Coyle can help out that third line. Or he can go up to the second line and be a wing with Krejci, because Krejci is playing as good hockey as he will, as he has in three, four years. So, and that's a window right there, where you have to maximize that window. So you possibly have to put Coyle up on the second line and maximize Krejci's window because he's playing fantastic right now. Coyle is better at center than he is at right wing. I don't know a ton about him. All I know is he's a first-round pick, and he hasn't been a bust, nor has he been a great pick his whole career. He's been just like a solid player. I don't watch wild hockey, not going to lie. Um, but for the Bruins, it gives you a big body. Like, this guy can skate. Uh, he's a very big body in front. I think it's going to overall really help your offense. I think even if you put him on the second line, that's going to bump one of your second line guys down to your third line. But they desperately need a third line center. And Coyle's better at center. So do you want to maximize Krejci's window on the second line, or do you want to put him on the third line and um, try to sure that up because overall I think the third line's what's really killing them because the fourth line has been turning into the Bruins' third line of late. So overall, I like the trade for the Bruins. My only thing is the Bruins made the trade. You look at some of these Bruins trade that they made when they give up a young player, the young player always ends up being a very good player. They He always ends up being... Some sorry, Tyler Sagan, Blake Wheeler, Phil Kessel. That's just to name a few of the guys that they've given up that have just totally turned into studs. They're very good players, and they didn't get much in return. This is a very shaky track record when the Bruins make trades. They have a very, 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 I can't stress it enough, how shaky their track record is. And every time they make a trade, it's like, looks good on paper, but they mess it up every single time. Um, Donato talked, he had two assists in his first game, and he said, I feel like here the coaches believe in me. So obviously there's something where the coach didn't really believe in him, which is totally true. Donato came up, and for the first few weeks he's scoring goals, he has a great shot, but I don't know what else he has because he's very weak in front. I mean, he tries to go in and be physical, but he, he can't, he's too small. And overall, besides his good shot, I don't really know what else is great about him. And he's a young player. I think he'll be good, but he's just kind of a big question mark, which scares me because he's an unknown and the Bruins traded him, which probably means he'll end up being a very good player. Um, but I think Coyle, it shows that the Bruins want to give up a little bit of their youth on the team and flip it into something that they can do to help them win now. People have talked about them trading a first for Matt Stone or Wayne Simmons, and I totally disagree. Even though this team's had a sh uh, shaky track record with um, trades, they've also had a shaky track record with draft picks. Not as shaky, but they haven't been great drafting, but still. i just not a huge fan of the first-round pick for rental, and it's not because here in the NHL, it's what makes the playoffs so good because people have been saying, 
the Lightning are destroying the league. They have 98 points right now, and there are three other teams with 80 points. It's the Bruins have 80 points, the Flames have 83, and the Sharks have 80. And those are the next three best teams. So the Lightning are destroying the league, but in hockey, anything can happen. You can have an eight seed win the playoffs. In, in basketball, the Warriors, yeah, there's no point. Like, you know, save your chips for after the Warriors dynasty. You know, make that big move. There's no, you know, point. You're not going to beat the Warriors. You can beat the Lightning. It's going to be hard, but you can beat the Lightning. I mean, it's going to take a good team. Like, I'm not saying, you know... Uh, you know, we can have a team like the Ottawa Senators and the Detroit Red Wings at the bottom of their uh, respective divisions come in and beat the Lightning in a seven-game series. No, but that's the thing about the hockey playoffs. Anything can happen. You get a few lucky bounces, and you just beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, and that can happen. Um, so you can be a powerhouse in hockey, and you'll have good odds to win, but it doesn't mean a ton. You know, any team, every team's in it. And that's the beautiful thing about uh, the hockey playoffs that keeps fans really interested because any team can win. Your team can be at 8-seed or 7-seed and still have a shot, you know. Um, not as good as the Lightning, you know. You look at a team maybe like the um, Canadians right now on a wild card team. Are their odds to win as good as the Lightning, though? But they still have a chance. Um, you can't count them out because that's just how hockey is. You can't count a team out of the playoffs. And that's what's so beautiful about hockey. Um, but so for the Bruins, this helps them, you know, be, be a little better offensively. I, my questions about their defense is when I look at their team, their goaltending has been good. Rask got off to a shaky start with picked it up and same with Halak. Um, their offense has been good except for that third line, and they just got Coil. So I feel like that that's going to help. Now, their defense is a kind of a question mark to me because they've done a good job this season, but how are they going to hold up in the playoffs? That's my question. So I'm wondering if you want to try to make a move to try to get some sort of defender, maybe like on the second line or something. Because I like your first line with McAvoy and Chara. The question is, can they stay healthy? And if they can't, well, you're going to need that another defender. So I'm wondering, do you want to try to get someone else to really play on the third line? And just if you make that trade and bolster up your offense and make sure that's perfect, or do you want to try to get that defender? Because even though your first line's good, they're injury prone. And if that happens now, your second line is in trouble. So you might need to make that type of move. Um, but I do think they, they really have to make one more move to um, – really put themselves in real position because they have 80 points, but I don't know how, you know, they, they're that team that I don't know how it says a lot about Bruce Cassidy, their head coach, who's been fantastic. And he hits every single correct button. Like the other night against the, um, the San Jose sharks, they were in a shootout. And in the sixth round, Bruce Cassidy sends out David Backus. And when I heard this the next day, I was just like, why would you send out David Backus? And even Backus said he was surprised to hear his name get called. And he scored the game-winning goal. And Cassidy's done this a few times, Bruce Cassidy has, where he's made an odd decision. You're like, huh? And then ends up winning them the game. And this guy has been a – he doesn't get enough credit where the Bruins are at. Um, he's supposed to be like an interim head coach – after this fired Claude, and he's 
Claude Julian, Claude, however you want to say it, Claude Julian, after they fired him, the Bruins have been great, and they, they kind of overachieve, okay? This seems good. They're a playoff team, but, you know, when I look at their roster, I wouldn't really say it's better than the Toronto Maple Leafs, who they're ahead of in the standings. No, I wouldn't, and... Bruce Cassidy's done a fantastic job. This is still a solid team. I'm not knocking that, but they're not an 80-point team. They're not, you know, they're tied for third in the league in points right now. They're not that that good. They're not that good. Whether the third best team in the league good, tied with the San Jose Sharks. No, they're not. They're not that good. Um, but Bruce Cassidy has put them in a fantastic position. Um, his coaching's been outstanding, and even through some injuries, Bergeron's missed time, Chara's missed time. Doesn't matter. Some of your top guys have missed time. You look at Pasternak right now. This team is the um, Bruins are on a seven-game winning streak. I believe Pasternak has missed the last six games, which is just incredible how he does it and coaches this team. I don't. They would not be an eighty-point team. I don't think they'd be a seventy-five-point team with Bruce Cassidy um, and. Thank God for him. He's been a fantastic coach this um, season. But the stuff with the Nenato trade is they better have made the uh, chosen the right young guy to trade because they had you know you could have traded Heinen, not DeBrusque. I think DeBrusque is a gonna be a top you know five four forward. That guy is gonna be a stud. I think he's gonna be really good. Um, but like a hind, and you could you had a lot of young players that you could have traded. You chose Zanotti, you better have chose the right guy. Um, but they've the Bruins have said there's some you know behind the scenes stuff that happened, and they're not telling us. But there's something behind the scenes where between the organization Ryan Donato that just wasn't going right. So that's why I think they traded him. And they didn't really give Donato a chance. There's something with his wrist. He got like a wrist surgery or something. And after he was doing a good job, they didn't really give him a chance. And I don't think the coaches really believed in him. But just, I mean, I guess just keep working at it. I mean, you can't just sit here and be like, oh, the coach didn't believe in me. No, that just doesn't, it sounds like a little whiny, you know. But at the end of the day, I think I think they chose the right guy because even if Donato ends up being a solid player, I think there's something with him, the organization, between the two, behind the scenes that we don't know about that just wasn't clicking. Okay, there's something behind the scenes that we don't know about that um, kind of led the two sides' disagreements or whatever you want to say, and it led to him being the chosen one to get traded to the Wild. Um, but overall, I like the trade for the Bruins. The only thing that scares me is we made the trade, and we have such a shaky um, track record for making trades that it that's what scares me. I'm being dead serious. That's what scares me the most, that we made the trade. And whenever we trade away some young piece, he ends up having a great career, so... Good news for you, Ryan Donato, and he's getting a chance in Minnesota, so he should be happy. Um, that's all I have to say about uh, the NHL um, and those two trades. Um, I know I don't know as much about the NHL, obviously, as I do like the NBA and NFL, but I'm trying out here, right? And that was interesting trade deadline. I want to get in a little hockey because I'm like I said, I talk about a lot about like basketball and football, so it's nice to get in my um, hockey and baseball thoughts for once. All right, so that's all I have for you guys today. I'm happy I got to 
talk about some baseball and hockey, switch it up a little. I don't, I know I don't know as much about those two sports as much as like, ba- um, excuse me, basketball and football, but I know enough to um, talk about it. And there was some big news with the uh, trades in hockey and then the signing of Manny Machado and the whole pitch um, clock thing. So I wanted to um, talk about that. So um, thank you guys. I'm having a fun time doing these podcasts and hope to continue. If there's anything you want me to talk about or anything you agree or disagree with, all by means, send that send that in and I'll take a look at it and uh, try to talk about it for sure. And um, thank you guys for listening. See you next time.